Welcome to the Ultimate Bowls Podcast. Brought to you by Hensolite, Choice of Champions, Ryman Healthcare, pioneering a new way to live for a new retirement generation. Sports Centre, Australian-owned, Australian-made apparels and merchandise for sporting clubs, schools, corporates and events. Now here's your host, CEO of the UBC, Mark Casey. Uh, thanks, Jess. It's actually Chris Green here. Welcome to episode 15 of the Ultimate Bowls podcast. This evening is going to be a special edition as I'll be taking the reins off UBC CEO Mark Casey. And to change things up a little, we're going to get Mark on the other side of the fence and I'll be interviewing him. Given the volume of interest the events that UBC is generating, I feel it's important to talk to Mark and for him to talk us through how the UBC started up, the interesting and unique features of UBC plus much more. Uh, Over the next 30 minutes, we'll get to learn everything about the Ultimate Bowls Championship. Now, let's chat to the man of the moment. Welcome, Mark Casey. Case, it's going to be great to talk all things about the UBC. Yes, mate. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to having a chat over the next half hour or so, and uh, it's uh, it's good to be on this side of the microphone for a change. Uh, let's start right at the beginning, mate. You've been involved in our sport for most of your life. Uh, many of the bowlers out there have seen you playing and administrating, so talk us through that a bit. Yeah, as you know, I've always been very passionate about our sport. First, as a as a player, I've been lucky enough to represent my country for a long period of time, um, but over the last sort of Five or six years, I've been heavily involved in running the events. Um, Bowls Australia gave me a, a fantastic opportunity to be their events manager, um, which I love that experience. And I got to learn so much more about how to, to run these events. And uh, it's fair to say, as a player, I really didn't have any idea to you know what work was needed um, to get these big events off the ground. In 2016, I was appointed the sport manager for Lawn Bowls in the 2018 Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. Um, and as you know, to this day, it was probably one of the most rewarding things I've ever been able to do, um, to, to have a fantastic team on board and to be a part of an amazing group of people in the, in the sports team uh, was just something incredible. And, um, you know, from then on, I really had a passion for events and um, that's how the UBC came about. Mate, you spoke about uh, GC 2018 and what an experience it was. Uh, I love working alongside you with our team. We had a great team the volunteers, the, the efforts they did, the players and support crew from from all the nations uh, really made it special. And it was an event that sort of really stood out. I didn't think anything was going to be able to reach those heights again. Uh, and then along came the UBC. So, mate, how did the idea start up with the new event? And uh, tell us about how the UBC came about. Yeah, I was actually in New Zealand um, at the BPL a few years ago, and I was talking to one of my great mates in Mike Carroll uh, from Wellington, uh, he suggested that bowls needed to be something a little bit different. It was probably getting a little bit stale, and, and we sort of needed to change things up a bit. So he uh, he asked me sort of what I thought about it, and you know I, I did agree. But as I said to Mike at the time, it's easier said than done. Um, so anyway, he, he said to put some ideas on paper and and let's see what happens. And I thought, oh okay, you know it's it's probably wishful thinking. But over the next sort of four or five weeks, um, I, you know I, I put together a an idea of, of a different format, um, shorter shorter matches, and uh, and put it to him, and then he loved it, and I guess the rest is history. Case, it's amazing to hear what took place uh, to get this incredible venture off the ground. You travelled far and wide uh, with meetings with clubs. Uh, tell us a little bit of how this went. Yeah, there was lots of positives times, mate, uh, but also, you know, negatives. That some, some clubs, you know, thought it was probably a little bit too far-fetched, but um, but as a rule, the majority of clubs loved the idea, they loved the concept, and 
um, we're really happy that what we're trying to do for our sport. Um, it was a little bit of a roller coaster, though. I, I recall leaving most meetings believing, you know, there was a chance of that club or company, whoever, whoever I was meeting with, um, of joining the UBC. But, uh, however, as you know, you know, with club boards, you know, that there's several factors that come into big decisions of joining competitions like the UBC. Um, but, uh, I can definitely say that, you know, we achieved far more than what we thought we would in, in year one, which is, um, which is a great effort by everyone involved. 100%. As you know, it came, it came along so quickly. Uh, the first year of the UBC from the initial idea to then obviously getting the teams on board and getting the event going. As you said, a lot of factors and processes go into a team finally ticking that last box and getting into the competition. So how many teams did you manage to attract for year one? Yeah, we got 24 teams in our first year, which, um, which, to be honest, was was amazing and, and uh, it was sort of made us realise how special our competition could be. Um, to get that many teams wanting to come on board, you know, gave us a huge amount of confidence. And uh, and as I say, it made us realise our concepts right on the mark and exactly what our sport needed. Um, there were probably another ten or so teams that were very close in in joining. And in hindsight, it's probably a, a good thing that we only got to 24 because it sort of has provided us an option to that's our platform now and, and we can only build on that which is um, which is what we're doing um, obviously this year yeah the future is very exciting case okay, so the UBC it's fun it's fast it's fresh so tell us a, a couple of the main differences in the UBC compared to your traditional formats yeah definitely I think our, our big point of difference is our scoring format um, I was trying to work out a way to to get the crowd engaged for longer, particularly a new audience. Um, so I studied, you know, several other sports and, and looked at what they do, and I came up with a, a solution to ensure that the score changes regularly rather than um, being updated at the end of each end, which, as you know, in a, in a traditional game of bowls, it could take, you know, eight or ten minutes to um, for the score to change. But in the UBC, um, there is a there's a chance that the score could be updated after every bowl, so after every... You know, 20 odd seconds, the score could change, which is is, is obviously uh, far more exciting than a than a traditional game of bowls. The other part of our scoring, I guess, that I love that the, the leaders. There's more focus on uh, the leaders, whereas in a, in a, a, a main, like in a traditional game, I guess the leaders could be sort of hidden a little bit, and you know, their good bowls could be. Um, could be, you know, voided by a, a big shot from the skip. Whereas in our format, on the crossover, whoever holds shot scores points immediately. So that score changes uh, straight away. Which again, it's a, it makes it like there's two games in in the one big game, which is uh, which is great for the leads as well. I love the scoring system, as I know you do, and the feedback I've heard from the players is they do as well. Look, for anyone who's listening that isn't a bowler, uh, can you talk us through how you score in the UBC? Yeah, first of all, uh, if your bowl touches the jack, your team immediately scores three points. So obviously that's a, that's a big change. Um, but then, as I mentioned, that the team who holds the holds a shot bowl uh, on the crossover gets another three. So it, it's uh, you know the score could be, for example, nine to six. Um, when the when the end hasn't even finished yet, and there's there's still the skips bowls to be played, which is which is extremely different to um, to any other competition we have. Uh, when all bowls are played, the, the closest bowl, so the shot bowl gets ten points, the second closest is five points, and the third bowl is three points, which means 
you, you don't have to actually win the end to score points. So you could get first and third shot, which is totals up to 13 points, and the opposition opposition gets second shot, which is five points. So um, I guess it's just continually changing. Um, so far, we've seen you know generally the winning team needs to score around about 70 points in five ends uh, to, to be able to win that game. So. Uh, again, the players seem to love it. They, they, uh, it's never over until the last hole of, of each end. And, um, it's, again, it's, we're just trying to make our sport that little bit more exciting. Okay, she touched on with the scoring. There's nothing like it in our sport, but also the way it's displayed. Not if, not only if you're a player, but if you're in the crowd or you're sitting at home or in your local club, the way the scores are displayed. Tell us a bit about this. Yeah, absolutely. For, for our scoring opportunities, you know, obviously it sounds exciting, but, it can, can come across a little daunting. Um, not many people can add up the different scores that quickly throughout the game. So we had to work out a way how to address this and, and did so by designing and building our own uh, UBC-tailored piece of software. Uh, this allows players, obviously, just to focus on the game and then the technology sort of adds it all up um, as they go. So the, pl- the, the markers, who we've got, a, which I'll touch on a little bit later, but we've, we've got a fantastic group of volunteers and they do, do all the marking, and they just use a simple uh, interface to enter into a touch screen um, the position of the head, and that's calculated straight away and displayed live on, on our uh, TV screens. So instead of using old traditional scoreboards, at, you know, what you see at, generally at bowls clubs, we use large LED TV screens, which is, of course, again, much more appealing to look at um, especially as we're trying to attract new people to our sport. Uh, all of the, the leaderboards, points tables, uh, current scores, they're, they're all automated straight away. Um, plus, we're also able, part of the software, we're also able to, to pull out any stats on any players at any particular time. So we can tell, um, you know, for example, Aaron Sheriff, how many times he's converted or how many times he's crossed over up, how many touches he's received during the event, um, all that sort of thing, which is again, it's for our sport. It's a it's a first, which is great. Um, you know, this technology, it's uh, it's very detailed, and, and it did require a large investment, both in money and, and particularly time um, from our group. And, and um, as the scoring is a ma- major point of difference for us, it's, it was important that uh, we got it right, and the scoring go- goes live as it happens, which is um, which is excellent, and, and something that's uh, that's really exciting. I've just can, can announce that for our first 2020, we'll be going live on our website. So you can be sitting on your computer anywhere in the world and you'll know exactly rink by rink. Um, you can see the live scores as they happen after each bowl, which is, uh, which again, it's just going to add a little bit more excitement to, to the UBC and what we're about. Amazing technology for an amazing event case. And as you mentioned, uh, the use of tablets to input the scoring, uh, like all events, having a great group of volunteers is a must. Absolutely. Um, obviously, you've been alongside me at you know most events over the last sort of five or six years, and you know, both of us agree that you know volunteers make these big events. Without them, they wouldn't run as smoothly as they do. And um, you know, the UBC is no ex- exception. We've got uh, we've got some fantastic helpers that. Um, travel with us, you know, at to each event, um, and they know who they are. That they're a fantastic part of what we're about. But also, we've got uh, at each venue we've, we bring in new volunteers, and, and they just have a fantastic experience. Uh, for example, at our Rarilla event on the first event, we we brought in about 20 high school students who had no idea about the sport, 
Um, but they obviously were IT savvy and, and they did a fantastic job in putting the scores for us and, and they left the event having the best experience and, and now they're, you know, fans of our sport and will likely, um, pursue that in future years. So that's a, the, the little things about our volunteers are just amazing and, and I just love having them on board. Can't agree more with you there, Case. Look, earlier we touched on the short term frame that, um, from when the idea started uh, to the work that went into it to then the first year and how quickly that first year at UBC went. Look, it's truly amazing how successful the first year was. Were you surprised at all? I, I guess I was a little bit surprised, um, just uh, just the fact that, that they went so well. But we, I think it helped having you know three three of the best venues in World Bowls, to be honest. They're uh, Rilla, Deer Park and Moama. I couldn't have asked for anything more. Um, but I, I can say I do recall a, a particular time in the in the first event. It was actually in the final, and the music was cranking. And I looked around, and, and during the game, all the crowd were on their feet dancing and singing. And uh, I guess I looked back at that time, and, and that was when I, I thought, "Yep, yeah, you know, we're on the money, and um, the UBC's here to stay, and, and it's going to do wonders for our great sport." I do remember that. I think I might have been out of the commentary box for just a short period, and uh, was standing with you in the grandstand, and, and it was quite a large smile. It was great to see that uh, for all the hard work that you put in, along with others. Case, uh, the UBC introduced another uh, unique feature to our sport, uh, something that's never been done before, and that's the draft. Uh, I feel this was a great inclusion, uh, as it's really never been part of our sport before, and it was something that really got people excited. Uh, tell us about this and where the idea came from. Yeah, it's another feature that I love about what we're doing. Um, as you know, I, I love the AFL. Um, it's probably my, my favourite sport, probably outside of bowls, but uh, in the AFL, they have a, an AFL draft every year, and it sort of creates a lot of excitement, um, particularly media attention, which is something that our sport desperately needs. Um, and heading into our draft each night, um, the the players actually go into it not knowing where they're going to end up. So, you know, we've got fantastic team owners from all parts of Australia, New Zealand, you know, around the world. And, you know, we might have, for example, uh, Aaron Tees or uh, one of the legends of our sport playing for a, um, a team outside of his local club. So, you know, a, a good example of that is, is Weeper Bowling Club. Um, you know, that they drafted Joe Edwards, who, um, is from New Zealand, but she's, you know, arguably the, the greatest ever female player, um, in the world. And, and she's now playing for a small club up in far north Queensland called the Weeper Crocs. So they're the little things about the draft. It sort of brings people together and, um, it's a fantastic part of the UBC and, and it'll definitely be staying on board. I can tell you one thing, Case, and that's obviously Tarrant Point, the club that I work for, we hosted this year's uh, draft and we loved it. Not just um, the people, obviously, who were in the draft and had the chance to be selected, but it was the club members, the people who get the opportunity to watch the UBC and then they could meet some of the players at the draft. They saw it exactly how it was going on. As you said, it streamed around the world, uh, but the people who were there, they really enjoyed it. Outside of the draft, though, our teams are able to pre-select players. Yeah, we, we brought this in. We, we spent a lot of time on this, and it's an important part of the team structure. You know, it's been um, designed for for clubs who support their players. Um, you know, without we, we realised without the opportunities of what these clubs provide the players, you know, they wouldn't be able to chase their dreams of representing Australia or New Zealand uh, and so on. So we, we know that, you know, for, for clubs like Rurilla and there's a few other big clubs involved that 
that they need their marquee big players um, playing for them. So there is an opportunity to to pre-select um, their players, which means that they obviously have less picks in the draft, um, but they also pay a higher higher entry fee for that. So. Um, yeah, it's just a, a. I guess we're catering for for big and small clubs, um, and with our scoring format, I guess there's no particular advantage. Um, as long as you're a, a competitive player, you can definitely do well in the UBC, um, which is uh, which has obviously been shown in our 2019 events. You mentioned uh, the live streaming of the draft. Also, a little bit earlier, you spoke about the access that people are going to get around the world now through the Ultimate Bowls website. We'll be able to tune in live for all the events. Look, how important is having a great uh, broadcast platform for the UBC and particularly for our sport? To be honest, it was uh, the most important factor with the Ultimate Bowls Championship from the outset. Um, you know, we worked hard to, to generate a, an incredible broadcast platform that meant our events would be televised throughout the world. Um, I can say in 22 countries, people can watch, they can sit in their lounge rooms or down at the hotels, um, they can watch the UBC, which is quite amazing when you think about it. In 2019, our events were televised on, on free-to-air TV, um, set 7-2, as well as Fox Sports in Australia. And we also received excellent support in New Zealand through Sky Sports, as well as Fox Sports in Asia. Um, it's, I guess it's fair to say that uh, we couldn't have asked for anything more and um, we look forward to that continuing uh, for many more years to come. How were the viewing numbers? I saw some phenomenal numbers down on paper, but please tell our listeners a bit more about the numbers we achieved in year one. Yeah, they were incredible, mate. We, we reached over one million viewers in Australia and New Zealand alone and, and this doesn't include the, the numbers from Asia, um, So, which is, you know, that's a million people tuning in and, and watching our sport, which is, uh, which is we again, we couldn't have asked for anything more. It's a brilliant result for us, but more importantly, it's great for our sport. Um, you know, obviously we're trying to promote our game far and wide, and, um, you know, it's great to, to know that we're playing a little bit of part of that. We've all been waiting in 2020 for the UBC. Uh, the Ultimate Bowls Week will be in December this year, but please remind our listeners how they can tune in that Ultimate Bowls Week case? Yeah, as you say, the Ultimate Bowls Week it will be held at Deer Park um, in Melbourne, December 14 to 18. But obviously, if you can't get along to watch the events live, um, you know, we're still working through a number of scenarios with the current COVID-19 situation. So we're keeping a close eye on that. But uh, if you can't get there, um, live streaming options will be through our uh, Ultimate Bowls Championship Facebook page and also the, our website, um, that that'll be available from the 16th. And then our TV episodes will start later on in January on SBS's main channel and also Fox Sports. So um, it's fair to say that uh, the early in 2021, there'll be plenty of bowls on TV, um, which is fantastic to see, and, and particularly free to air, which is what um, us and, and as well as Bowls Australia are really focusing on getting bowls back on free-to-air TV, which is great. That is great news, not just for the bowls lover, but also for the sports lover. Plenty of opportunity to tune in there to watch the UBC and the sport we love. Okay, so let's go a little bit back to the teams. Uh, to get as many teams you did was remarkable, but look, it must have been a long, tough journey. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it definitely wasn't easy. I spent many months on the road um, visiting clubs and um, businesses and, and whatnot, and you know, I think it's it helped with my, I guess, past um, playing record in our sport. And I do have a little bit of a standing in our sport um, by being an Australian representative for a long time. And 
Uh, I'd like to think I've been respected in the bowls community. So I think that played a part. Um, but it's, again, it's fair to say getting 24 uh, was definitely incredible and, and something I'm extremely happy with. From the outset, it must have been sort of targeting the big clubs. Uh, people think about the big clubs in New South Wales and the rest of Australia. Uh, but it's got to be said that not all clubs involved in the UBC are the big, successful, high-profile clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, you're right. It was fair to say that I, that I did target the bigger clubs. I, I thought they would be the, the ones that would jump on board. And, um, you know, most of them did, but there, there is clubs out there um, you know, particularly a club like St John's Park, who I met with, and um, while they haven't entered at the moment, um, you know, I'm really interested in, in getting them on board because they're, they're such a powerhouse club in in Australian bowls. But uh, it, was, it was the smaller ones that uh, you know really relished the, the UBC and what our, what exposure we can provide for the clubs and you know clubs like Whittlesea in Victoria and as I mentioned before, Weeper in far north Queensland. Um, they're receiving so much exposure, which they weren't able to receive through other events. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not for not for just the bigger ones. It's uh, it's far and wide, and, and we'll keep uh, we'll keep promoting our sport to the smaller ones as well. well. I think it's absolutely amazing to have a club like Weeper in the UBC. Probably the hard luck story uh, for year one. They finished fifth in their section, all three events, so just missing out uh, on the finals. But look, in case uh, look, it's fair to say that UBC has put their club on the map. Uh, also, Dandenong Club. Not many people would have known about the Dandenong Club uh, prior to the UBC. But look, their story is simply incredible. Uh, tell us a bit about their club and how they became involved. Yeah, firstly, I, you know, I, I, it's probably clear that I, I do really love the, the Weeper Club. Um, you know, I really like what they're about. When I went up to meet them, um, they're so welcoming. They're only a small club, um, but they're hard. They're in the heart of Weeper and. They're very much so like a community club and they're so progressive and always looking to promote their club and sport and it's, it's obviously a real credit to them and, um, like, like everyone else, we love having them in, in the UBC. But yeah, the, the story of Dandenong Club is, uh, is, is unbelievable to be honest. So I, I was brought up in Melbourne, as you know, and I spent, you know, probably the first 10 or 15 years of my life playing bowls and I can honestly say I, I never knew Dandenong Club even existed. Um, until recently, like one day, our good mate uh, Barry Lester called, and I think he was on the road um, selling his Blessed Wines um, product, and he he called and, and said, "Oh, you know, you better give this guy a call. His name's Rob Sharp, and um, you know he mentioned UBC, and then there was a little bit of interest there. So I gave Rob a call, and a week later they um, they were in the UBC. That's how how incredible it was, and how progressive." Um, their club sees their position in the sport. So, uh, 12 months on, they, they actually won $155,000 in the UBC in our first year. Um, they signed star players, Gary Kelly, uh, obviously from Ireland, and, and Barry Lesser as in ambassador roles for the club. So they, they do a lot of, um, support roles for their, for their bowling club. They've entered the BPL, um, which is, which is fantastic as well. And now they're hosting national events. So all of a sudden, you know, they're really on the, um, I guess they're, they're a major talking point in Australian bowls, which is quite remarkable. Um, I guess 18 months ago, most people wouldn't have heard of what, who they're about or what they're about. And now, um, you know, that they're on the, they're on the mainstream TV all the time, um, playing these, this great game. 
It's simply an incredible case. It just goes to show that the UBC can be invo- enjoyed by anyone. Outside of Bowls Club Zone, uh, there are several companies as team owners, which is great to see. Look, it's a great thing for our sport. How did you attract them? Yeah, again, it was um, I used my contacts. Um, you know, I've got a lot of close friends associated with the UBC now. Um, but it's just meeting people and, and trying to promote our sport and what, and just explain the exposure that we, we can provide them at, at a fairly low cost. So ITP Queensland is a prime example um, the owner of their franchises in southeast Queensland, Judy, um, she spent many years sponsoring big events in Queensland, and she sponsored the Broncos and other sporting teams in Queensland. But after meeting with Judy, um, she saw the amount of exposure, exposure that we can provide her comp, her franchises in throughout Australia, um, and, and she's jumped on board straight away with a team um as, as well as all the signage opportunities and that we can provide her as well. So she's very happy with uh, with the service that we're giving. But there's others, you know, Damon from Streaky Bay Marine Products, Damon McGee from Aussie Cool Operations, which is a air conditioning company up in uh, far north Queensland, Tony Chevallo at NCE, Brett Tynan, who's another good mate of mine at Hallensvale. He's got his own Exodus Transport Company. Um, there's so many more, uh, you know, I'll, I'll touch on... Jason Queedy and, and Mark Russell, you know, they, those guys own three teams and, um, you know, there's no one more passionate about our sport than Jay. So it's a, it's a unique group of people and, and they, they're just loving being part of, uh, part of the UBC and, and we love ha- having them on board. The UBC's hosted here in Australia, uh, all three events or even this year, the Ultimate Bowls Week will be held here in Australia at uh, Deer Park in Melbourne. But the UBC has a very strong international presence, which is growing uh, each year. This is a very important case. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a close connection with Mr. Yi um, in China. He's a, a very high-profile person in Asia. He, he runs Bowls Asia. He loves the sport, plays at an international level. Uh, and he's, he's thrown his full support to myself and the UBC. He owns four teams in our competition, which in itself is, is remarkable. It's a significant amount of money that he's investing into the UBC, and uh, and he's just promoting the sport as much as he can throughout Asia, which is uh, which is great. And that's something that we we want to try and help him with. He's got two teams coming out of China, one from Malaysia, and he's just taken over the, the ownership rights of the Broad Beach team, which obviously features. An all-star lineup, including uh, including Canada's Ryan Bester. Uh, New Zealand's an, another big focus for us too. Um, obviously, we've got directors and owners of, of the company involved from New Zealand, and, and we'd like to keep assisting Bowls New Zealand in promoting um, the sport over there as much as we can as well. We've got teams from Wellington and the South Island. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to, to welcoming new teams from New Zealand in future years as well. The players, uh, it's fair to say uh, in the UBC we have the best of the best. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, the best players from all parts of the world are involved in the UBC. Some of the, the all-time greats in Alex Marshall, Joe Edwards, of course our own Aaron Sheriff, Shannon McElroy from New Zealand, uh, Ryan Bester, Karen Murphy, Paul Foster, the, the list goes on and on. Um, they'll be all playing in our events and, and to, to think that they're all going to be at the one venue at the one time you know, outside of World Championships or Commonwealth Games, it's 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 really incredible. So, uh, in our first year, um, the very first player to pay their registration fees was Alex Marshall. So, I guess that was a sign. You know, we're definitely on the right track. Having 
the, the world's greatest player of all time, wanting to be a part of our, our events straight up was, uh, was something pretty special. Very special, mate. You must be so proud of what the UBC has become. Absolutely. It's, it's quite incredible, mate. It's, uh, it's very reassuring knowing that the UBC, UBC is, you know, so, um, is supported by so many great people. Uh, as you say, I've got a lot of mates involved. Um, and it, but it's, there's so many great players and, and it, there's no, um, I guess there's, there's no reason why we can't keep growing into, a powerhouse event of, of world bowls. Okay, you briefly mentioned uh, earlier the amount of prize money that uh, Dandenong Club uh, won in the first year. Tell us about how much prize money is actually involved in the UBC. Yeah, there's five hundred thousand dollars, so half a million dollars in prize money uh, across our events, which is the the world's richest bowls event, um, which is something that we're really proud of. We, we wanted to make a I guess a statement from from day one, and and we use prize money as part of that. But now I guess we're going back to um, not focus on that so much. Um, we, we like to promote the exposure and the promotion of our sport more so than our prize money. But no doubt, it's a major talking point of the UBC and something the teams and and particularly the players love. Um, there's not many chances and opportunities to to earn big money in our sport at the moment. And uh, you know, as you say, Danny on club. You know, they won 155,000 in the first year, um, which is, you know, it's just unheard of for our sport. The beauty about Bowles case is the everyday player does get the opportunity to play with or against some of our world's best. It might be at club level or further on in tournaments or whatnot. But I hear you've just introduced more opportunities for the everyday bowler to get involved with the UBC. Yeah, there is, mate. We obviously, as you say, we, we focus on um, all levels of, of ability. Um, so the UBC is just not for the elite. It's for it's for everyone to, to try and be a part of. So we've just brought in um, more qualifying events. So we've always had one quali- qualifying event at Deer Park, which will be held on the Sunday prior to the main event. Um, but uh, but also we've got two other events um, at Moama and Dandenong Club in Melbourne. So all up, there's three chances for, for people to be a part of the UBC, and, and all you've got to do is win your way through one day of qualifying and, and you're a part of the, the main UBC events. Sounds fantastic, mate. What are the dates for these events? And more importantly, how do people enter? Yeah, the, the Dandenong Club event will be held on Sunday, the 15th of November, and you, you put your team entries through their website, which is dandenongclub.com.au. The Mo- Moama event will be held on Sunday, the 29th of November, and they've got a phone number there to call. It's plus six one three five four eight one three seven six zero. And of course, the Deer Park event. Just head to our website, which is www.ultimatebowls.com, to enter. So, once again, there's three opportunities there, and uh, all you got to do is win your way through, and uh, you're part of the TV events, which is uh, it, you know that's an exciting opportunity for. For anyone to be a part of. Yeah, that's great stuff, and I know a couple of people who are looking forward to those events, and look, it is an opportunity. On anyone's day, they can be the best bowler in the world, so you never know. You strike one day, and you can get into the main event for the UBC, and what a journey that would be. But a question that I've heard raised a couple of times, is there any connection of the UBC with our national body at all? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, and uh, something that we... Um, we get quite often. It's, it's fair to say the bowls row aren't connected with the Ultimate Bowls Championship in any way. Um, however, our relationship with BA and their management is, is really strong. Obviously, I've got a connection with them by working with them and, and you know, representing Australia for 
most of my life. So it's uh, it's it's a good relationship, and and I want to make it clear that we're not in competition with them whatsoever. So in fact, you know, I, I talk to Neil Downrimple, their CEO, on a monthly basis. Uh, we've got a a monthly chat scheduled in our diaries just to um, keep each other updated with our events and um, any information that we can share and, and so we can help promote each other. Um, and, you know, the BPL, I love the event. It's, it's, a, it's a great event. It's a great promotion for our sport. Um, but as I've said throughout our, our chat today, um, the UBC is different. It's, it's a completely different format. Our scoring system is different to anything else. And um, the way I see it is the UBC is like 2020 cricket, whereas, you know, the BPL could be like, you know, one-day cricket. So there's definitely room for, for both events um, on our calendar. And um, it's just something that, uh, that we'll, we'll continue to promote each other and, um, and just see where it goes. But, uh, like, I'm actually representing Melbourne Pulse as their coach in the BPL this year. So I'm really looking forward to being a part of the BPL again and, um, yeah, looking forward to, to working with BA in supporting each other, um, obviously with the main focus of promoting our sport. Look, we're heading towards the end now, mate, but once again for our listeners who might be new to our sport and new to the UBC, uh, want to know more about the event, can you give us a quick run-through? Yeah, just as I mentioned, uh, you know, the way we look at it, the UBC, our, our matches are decided in 25 minutes, um, so we see that as a real um, fast format, similar like the 2020 cricket. Um, you know, the BPL which is, as I've touched on, it's a great game. You know, games are decided in around about an hour. So the next version of cricket is, is you know, one day is. Um, so I guess it's, it's completely different, but every bowl counts in the UBC. Every every bowl scores or has the opportunity to score. And all we're trying to do is bring in new people to our sport. Um, it's important for our clubs to, to introduce new people through their doors. So... Uh, if we can play a part in that, it's uh, you know that's the that's the positive. Case we've uh, spoken about volunteers, about their world class players, also the everyday player. Uh, but look, these major events don't happen without sponsors. So I'm sure we'd like to thank your fantastic sponsors. Absolutely, this episode is actually brought to you by Ryman Healthcare. So they're a, a massive supporter of not only ours but bowls in general, particularly in New Zealand, um, and they're starting to get a big presence in in Australia at the moment. So. Um, they've been on, on board with us from, from day one, and that they're also a sponsor of the, the South Island Storm team, uh, the New Zealand team as well. So, uh, as I say, that they're a fantastic company. Um, they're promoting our game throughout, obviously, both Australia and New Zealand, and, and we're lucky to have them on board. But we've also got Sports Centre, um, which is a clothing company in South Australia, uh, Australian-made products, and also Henselite Australia, which is the number one bowls manufacturer in the world. So three sensational companies and, and, and really supportive of the UBC and we wouldn't be where we are without their, obviously without their support and it's great to have on them on board um, with our journey. Yeah, brilliant, mate. This has been fantastic. Thanks for sharing all the details of your incredible concept. I know you're definitely on a winner here. I love the UBC and everyone I talk to loves it as well. I can't wait to be at the event the ultimate bowls week later this year. Yeah, big thank you to you for obviously doing this today, mate. But uh, you're a massive part of our events. You're in the commentary box uh, for a good 14 or 15 hours a day. So um, you're, you're a big part of what we're about. So thanks, mate. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, it's been great to explain the details of the UBC 
a little bit further, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be bringing out another episode in the coming weeks um, just to, to really nut down the, the, the scoring system and the rules about the UBC. So uh, if anyone has any questions or would like any information, um, they can email me at mark at ultramabowls.com.au at any time. So thanks again, and, uh, yeah, I look forward to catching up soon. As always, we will now go to our special segment this time. It's 60 Seconds with Mark Casey. Case. Your best bowls memory? Uh, I've got a few, but obviously the, the 2006 Commonwealth Games uh, winning gold with good mates uh, Wayne Turley and Billy Connell. The best player in the world? Uh, Alex Marshall. Most annoying teammate? Uh, I'd have to say big Kevin Anderson. I've played with him a few times and uh, he can be a little bit little bit annoying. Funniest teammate? I'd have to say, if, it was, if it's not Kevin Anderson, he can be annoying as I said, but uh, I'll go Aaron Wilson. The player who talks about bowls all the time? Brian Bester. Favourite sports team? Western Bulldog. Favourite sports person? Michael Jordan. Who will be the ultimate team in 2020? I think the favourites will be Rorilla, but uh, I'll be going for a bit of an upset and I might go for the Geelong Clippers. Well, it's great to hear from the UBC CEO, Mark Casey. 293 games for Australia. We all know what he did on the green as a player, but now as an administrator, we speak about the Commonwealth Games and now the UBC. What he is giving back to the bowlers out there, the everyday bowlers, the world-class players, he's given them the UBC. It can be watched all over the world. And we hope you enjoyed this podcast, which, once again, can be listened all over the world. For more information on the UBC, as Mark just mentioned, you can email Mark via mark at ultimatebowls.com.au. Thanks for tuning in. We look forward for you tuning in again next week with another episode of the Ultimate Bowls podcast. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Bowls podcast. Brought to you by Henselite, Choice of Champions, Ryman Healthcare, pioneering a new way to live for a new retirement generation. Sports Centre, Australian-owned, Australian-made apparels and merchandise for sporting clubs, schools, corporates and events. If you'd like to be involved in the UBC, it's easier than you think. Click on ultimatebowlschampionship.com.au for more details.